Hello, hello, hello. That was pretty. Hi. Thank you. <laughs> Hi, you guys. Hi, guys. I'm Yasin. Hi. Hi, Josie. Hi, that's me. Hi, Alicia. Hey, I'm Alicia. <laughs> hey, I'm Alicia. I like, why did I question myself? Do I know who I am? What Probably is your name? Not. Where are you right now? Couldn't tell Concussed, you. Concussed, <laughs> literally. The Nile River. Um, I'm Alicia Pascual Peña. And I'm Yasmin Ahmadi. And I'm Josanna Toda. And this is Dare We Say. Dare we say, say hey. we dare. Wow. How, how are you doing? How are you doing, Yaz? Um, okay, I'm not going to lie. Since 2020, since the panorama, the Panda Express, mm-hmm. the paranormal Pentagon, activity, the paranormal activity, I've been getting high before bed every single night. Like, there has not been one. Yeah, you have been. No, like, you guys. Honestly, like, you could get a medal for that. No, like, actually. <laughs> That's called consistency. That's, That's called consistency. If there's one thing consistent in my life, it was my my bedtime routine. Addiction. Yeah. It was, ooh, okay. Oh, okay. I mean, ooh, I, mean I would. Ooh, 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 ooh. The girl, the girl. I would, the girl. Okay. I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah. I would we witnessed that, it firsthand. I, you, very I pleasant. Very pleasant. Very lovely. I was very chill when yeah. I was high. Like, I feel like I'm very, like, low-key. I don't talk as much, which that's when you know, like, oh, Yaz is gone. <laughs> like, they are not the- lying. You would just come and, like, literally float into my room. Like, yeah. Not walk or, like, run. <laughs> just float to then lay. I just remember, like, there's so many times where, like, I'd be snacking and Josie would, like, come snack with me. And, like, Josie would not be high, but I would be high. And we'd just snack together in silence. And I feel like that was so normal I for me. But love. I feel like you were like, what the fuck is happening? I just want my Oreos at, like, 1 a.m. <laughs> The Oreos. So I'm one week free. Basically, what happened was um, I lost my pen. <laughs> and I was So like, this wasn't a choice you no, made? No, this was literally okay. not a choice. My therapist has been telling me, like, okay, so it's part of your routine. I was like, it's a ritual. She's like, well, I don't know about that. Because, like, I'm, like, so, like, okay, I just want everything to be so eat, pray, love. Like, smoking weed before night is a part of my ritual. When it's like, no, that's not. You're just dependent on a fucking drug. And I am a week free. I've been sleeping fine, but I wake up earlier. I'm dreaming more. Mm. I do feel a little bit more anxious during the day. And like at night, I'm like, I don't know what to do. Because usually at like 9.30, I would get high. And now I'm like 9.30 in bed with I'm like, okay, I don't know what. Usually I get high and like laugh on TikTok for an hour. And now I'm not doing that. So I'm like, what do I do with my life? Yeah. You feel like it's forcing you to be more present? Yeah, it's forcing me to be more serious. Like, <laughs> I, like I feel like I haven't laughed as much. Like, oh no, <laughs> it's grounding you. Yeah, it I love that. I'm, I'm very proud of you. I think that that takes a lot because when you get dependent on something or anything, obviously, even if you're not like actually addicted to it, if it's like habitual, it's difficult to like get out yeah. of. So I commend you for that. Thank you, guys. Agreed. You guys should honestly gift me another, like a weed pen for no, not no. smoking anymore. Um, I'm joking. Um, no, because here's the no, thing. No, but how I, long do you think you're going to go? I don't know. And that's the great thing about what like I'm going through right now is that this wasn't planned. Yeah. This wasn't like, okay, every day. I'm like six month, six days strong, seven days strong. It's just kind of like, oh, well. Like I have free will. If I wanted to go get a pen, like I could go get one right after this recording. Yeah. But I just am like. I don't really need to. And I'm feeling like I don't really want to right now. Yeah. So I'm chilling. I think that's awesome. Like, yeah. You took ownership in that like space of your life. Yeah. You were just saying, I don't 
want to engage in using it right now. Well, which I think it's cool. I'm, and if you decide to start smoking in a little bit, cool. But it's just, I'm you like, know. well, I needed a tolerance break anyway. So I guess like two birds <laughs> with one stone. So <laughs> I cannot. Josie, you're wearing a nude top and i was like i'm okay, gonna say she, when we both looked we, we both, both had the same like, face because oh, when you shit. raised your arms it I looks like, like you had no shirt on to the camera you look nude <laughs> yeah so basically i'm on just a weekend trip in london which for those that don't know it is an extremely cold place and i'm like just turtlenecking up I'm enjoying it a lot. I've been to so many coffee shops. I've shopped so much. I've thrifted so much. One thing that I want to say that's just like a little PSA is I was at a cafe the other day and it just, it really struck a nerve Mm. in me and something that I think is a societal issue that we have, which is that if you are in a cafe and you see a person sitting down and there are plenty of seats for you to sit down oh god what on god's green earth compels you to sit directly next to the only fucking person (laughs) that is sitting down i'm talking like a cafe bar situation where like it's like a bar and you go and sit yeah this fucking man came up to me sat directly next to me i'm like are you aware that this is this isn't 2008, okay? I, we don't need to sit on each other I'm anymore. Dead. There, there's been COVID. It's a social taboo. But they wanted to be next to you. No, Alicia. No, I'm no. On not only, I'm not on only did he come next too, to me. It's like this, I- this, man, <laughs> this man came next to me. He was like male fucking Nancy Drew. Pulls out a map. He pulls out a map of London. And then there, he's like drawing on it. Like he's like trying to find the hidden treasure. <laughs> okay, uh, Nicholas And then Cage. he has the audacity. He has the audacity to cough. Not once. Multiple times. Oh, no. Did you do your thing? I, when someone, I am someone who, I get it. I cough, cough, you cough, we all cough. But I kind of did a little zhuzh yeah, yeah. to like make Josie. him uncomfortable. Josie, Alicia literally I do said it. that. She was like, I do it when Alicia does it. No, I cough, okay? But when other people do it, it's just a little, un- it's uncouth. You know, it's like, oh, just how dare sheep. I do this human behavior of coughing? But anytime anyone coughs, I've just gotten used to it. Josie does this. No, yeah. they can't see you, babe. She shivers. Oh, She's yeah. shivering right now. Yeah, I forgot. The this is a podcast. This is not a TV show. Yes, you're right. You're right. Okay, got it. Oh, uh, I know where I'm at. She's shivering. And I do and I do kind of shiver. And I get it. I get it. It's flu season. You know, it's London. Okay, so he coughs multiple times. When he sneezes, I'm like, that's it. I'm calling the fucking Uber. I'm fucking out of here. <laughs> I don't know. I just found that really interesting. Like, in an age where we've been through the pandemic, like, I want less community. I want oh less closeness. <laughs> I think we should just respect each other's boundaries and not fucking sit next to each other at a god darn cafe. I was trying to like not swear with the word god, but I think it kind of was counterintuitive when I ended it in a negative way. <laughs> but anyway. Wait, Josie. So that's, that's did you just get update. up and leave? Yeah. Did you get up and leave? I got up and fucking left. I paid that bill and I walked out because I'm should. not going to stand for this. I, this is, I'm not going to stand for a, this. This is a protest. What strain protest. does he have? Yeah. It is a protest. And I don't know. It's just, it gives me anxiety. Like, I just feel like everyone is ill right now. Like, the other day, my Uber driver was coughing, but he had a mask on. So I just assumed he had COVID. Um, oh. Which, like, I was okay with, you know? Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. Like, he can't oh. afford to have a day off, probably. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Um, I could, you know? So I kind of just let him rock and enjoyed it. But... Wait, speaking I mean, these of, are the things you have to do in a post-COVID world. Yeah, speaking of let him rock, 
remember that little Wayne Kevin Rudolph song, "Let It Rock." Anyways, I think we, I think we're, <laughs> I think that was a good update. Yeah, with everything today yeah. we're going to be talking about something super real and relevant: the relationship between body image and the holidays. If you're getting a bit nervous heading into the events of this season, this one's for you. Oh God, this one's for me. Hey, don't forget to follow us at Dare We Say on Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash dare we say. We'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by FX Kindred, the original series only on Hulu, based on the celebrated and critically acclaimed novel by Octavia E. Butler. FX Kindred centers on Dana James, a young Black woman and aspiring writer. Dana begins to settle into her new home in Los Angeles and is violently pulled back and forth in time. She emerges at a 19th century plantation, a place intimately linked with Dana and her family. The clock is ticking as Dana struggles to confront secrets that she never knew ran through her blood. FX Kindred, all episodes now streaming only on Hulu. Before we get into it, we just want to start by saying um, we want to give a lovely little trigger warning. We're going to be speaking very candidly about body image and the way people comment on diet, weight, and eating. And obviously, we know this conversation is not one for everyone to hear just on a casual day. And that's okay. No worries. Please, you know, put yourself first, know your limits, and you can skip to a later part of the episode if this might be uncomfortable for you. I just want to preface this by saying Josie's not an expert. Alicia's not an expert. And I most certainly am not an expert in diet culture, in um, eating disorders and weight loss and um, societal pressures. But we these are just our own experiences and our personal stories that we want to talk about and share with you. Whether you relate to it, whether you know someone who relates to it, whether you have no fucking clue, this one's for you. Um... I'm not going to lie to you. My eye has been twitching since I woke up this morning. I've been really nervous about this conversation because the holidays are a very stressful time, specifically with my relationship with my body, the relationship with how people view me, the relationship with how I view myself. Like just last night, I was showering and I made sure to steam the whole my whole room and I I turned off the lights so I wouldn't have to look at myself in the mirror while I put moisturizer on. And I'm not trying to say this is like, oh, poor me, but like genuinely That's doing. Awful. No, I mean, it, it's it's awful, but it's also the truth. And I'm not trying to be like, feel bad for me because it is what it is. But I didn't want to look at myself because I feel like when the days get shorter, when I'm not like as sun kissed, when like I, it's cold outside, so I don't want to go to the gym, when I want to eat comfort food. I want to have mac and cheese because I don't fucking feel like cooking. Yeah. My body gets less toned. My body gets lighter and it's hard to look at myself. And I just feel like, have you guys felt like that too? What is your relationship with your body during the holiday season specifically? Mm. Well, well, I'm very proud of you for sharing that. Oh, and thank you. I'm, I'm really sorry that that has been I'm just I love you so much and I'm sorry that like that you've had that experience and that I just I love you and you're I just fucking love you I, just I love you no and like this is and I'm proud of you for saying that because you. I know you're not alone and I know that's not a unique experience yeah it's because obviously I think we all can kind of relate to having body issues no matter what size right we are obviously with privilege 
comes with that. Correct. You know, is involved in that, yeah. you know. Like, for instance, I'm a smaller person, but I definitely have always struggled, especially since, like, my transition, even more so then with my body image, my relationship to my body than before, Mm. because it wasn't really a thing that society had kind of placed on me until I stepped into my truth and who I, who I am. Um, and I totally agree with you. I think this time can be really, really difficult and super triggering and, I was really grateful growing up with a mom who like we didn't have any mirrors in our house. I think we had one mirror in our house when I was like 14. And I didn't even think about that until like recently. And honestly, I thought that was like pretty cool because I never put any like emphasis on how I looked Mm, physically. But it wasn't until I got into high school and it was like that episode of Mean Girls where like, all the girls would be in one room and they would look at each other in the mirror and be like, oh, my calves are too big or oh, my stomach or this pudge. That that even started to become something in my own head. Yeah. Especially because I've always been told that I was underweight um, mm. growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm wary when like being participatory in these conversations because I think that even when I hear stories of girls who like are like, oh my God, I was underweight. Like I was for being underweight it's like it's hard for me to have sympathy even though I know that's awful that anyone faced any type of bullying because like their bullying had to do with something that was of privilege you know it's like I was bullied for being too pale kind of thing yeah and but I definitely think anyone can can relate to, to struggling with that and I certainly did and honestly even just recently like I had the flu and like not being able to literally eat food because it made me sick like I had the stomach flu started triggering like that old way of thinking of like thinking that food is bad and then yeah, having to like yes, yes. reintroduce food back into my life even just these past few weeks was so yeah. and obviously being on camera every day and having to wear like I mean the show that I'm on right now we're wearing corsets yep and literally if we eat more we are uncomfortable mm. and do a worse job at our jobs so like I think it's in everything and I think I come from a very privileged standpoint, having been being a smaller person and all of that. But I think it's everywhere. I think it's in all the media. I think oh. it's in and no matter what your lifestyle is, I don't think it cares rich, poor, you know, doctor or student. Like you're gonna struggle with your body, body image because of society. A hundred percent. Thank you for I think we could touch on media and um society later on in the conversation but Josie thank you so much for sharing that experience with us and you're beautiful and I love you and although sure as you said it's a privilege because you are a smaller person that doesn't that doesn't take away the feeling that it gives you that doesn't take away the gravity that it holds so just acknowledge that and I love you I think interestingly enough Growing up, because weight and body image was always a topic of conversation at home, being a Latina and being a black woman, Mm. um, we were always talking about body image. Like, Mm. I very much was raised with the idea that the world is your runway. I'm like, you always want to look good and stuff. Um, And there are even Spanish words that don't even exist in English to refer to a woman's body. Like, for example, the word cuerpazo. I've heard that word since I was 
a young girl, which mm. now I understand the gravity of how problematic that was. Um, and when a person says, like, if you don't speak Spanish, when a person says, like, pero mira que cuerpazo means, like, but look what body she has. Like, cuerpazo specifically, that one word encompasses a lot. It means, like, yeah. the way in which a, a woman's body's sitting. Wow. That's what that one word means. Like, you know, like, like wow. Like, it's, and, and it's, it's a compliment, but as I was 13, 14, 15, 16, now I understand that that left implications that I didn't understand in the moment because it gave people the liberty or what I thought was normal at the time to just speak and have agency over my body sure. even when I didn't want to talk about it. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. So, um, but I think because of that, I rebelled against a lot of like body image things really aggressively and I'm grateful for that part of my story because I feel like being black and being Latina people always wanted to talk about my body, whether it was like, oh, you're too big because I was curvy or now, oh, you're slim thick or whatever it may be. Um, and even just unfortunately things that are very embedded in my culture as a Dominican, like even now on TikTok right now, which is crazy because I'm literally just having this revelation in the moment. Mm. There's this like whole TikTok trend where like girls are like holding a Dominican flag and being like, I'm sorry. And it's because like they weren't born with a natural BBL that like supposedly all Dominicans are supposed to have. Oh, my and God. it's actually a trend right now, which is insane to say. But um, all of that goes to say, I think because of that, I rebelled and I was like, I want to be in sweats. I want to be in big shirts. I dressed yeah. as, yeah. I don't like this term, but quote unquote tomboy. Like for a lot of like my high school years. Um but now, as an adult, um, I've had to think about my body in ways I never really cared about because of what I do. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I don't know. Like, I don't know. I hope this is all making sense. Because no, it is. I grew up being a model, which I've, I've yeah, talked about Yeah, you are a before. child model, which is, there's so much pressure in that because you have to be, you have a standard at such a young age. And I also feel like when you say cuerpazo, is that the... Yeah, good job. I feel like it's also like at a young age you are conditioned and also like I feel like almost sexualized yeah. as such a young child. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and it's just now, whether I like it or not, because I feel like by being an actress or being a model, I think about my body in ways I didn't think about them in, in the past. Mm, Even though I've yeah. always been, um, like I've always been unfortunately have to be hyper aware of my body like even when I was younger and like they didn't know what height I was going to be right and I was going from child modeling trying to transition to adult modeling like I will never forget sitting in an agency room in New York in this cramped office getting my measurements done um you know with shorts and a bra in front of an entire room and them doing my measurements and being like oh you're going to be a plus size model even if you reach the height See, yeah you know what I mean this is not an easy conversation and I think like we we wanted to have this specifically during the holidays too because you brought up something very important and that's family. family. And that's also like with the media, like Josie, you brought up the media and like society, like diet culture, the new year, you better lose that weight. Mm -hmm. Like whether that's on a commercial, like you have like Jenny Craig, I lost 30 pounds here, which also, by the way, when I was 15, I used to eat Jenny Craig for lunch every day. Mm, that's awesome. That is insane. That is awful. insane. And that's, and this has nothing to do and with my awful. parents because my parents are my best friends, my biggest supporters, my biggest like like cheerleaders in my life. But also 
when you grow up in an Arab household, Josie, I feel like maybe you can relate to this too. And also Alicia too, in like a POC household, appearance is everything, specifically during the holiday times, because that's when you're seeing the whole yeah. family. Yeah. That's when you're seeing the distant cousin that you haven't seen in a year. And you have to make sure, oh, do you have a boyfriend? Do you have a girlfriend now? Obviously not a girlfriend because you're not gay. But like, that's not what my family says. But like, I feel like you have to show that, oh, your hair grew longer, more feminine. Yeah. You are still tan, even though you haven't seen the sun in a year. Yeah. And I don't think we talk about it enough. Like, I think there's so many reasons that people have mixed emotions about the holidays. But that is one. It's like the carelessness that we have when it comes to speaking about people's bodies and where they're at in life when you yeah. don't see the full picture. It's so, it's so easy for us as families to sit at a table and feel an entitlement. Like in a jurisdiction. But to have an space. opinion on someone and their weight. Like I remember like even just like this Thanksgiving, my city, my own grandmother wore like three spandexes if she was going to see some people that she didn't see before. Grandmother, three like spandex um, under, what's that? Spanx, excuse Spanx, me, yeah. Spanx, to tighten her up. My mother got up at 6 a.m. to get ready. Yeah. So she looks good. I remember, like, stressing. I was sweating. I was like, I'm seeing all these people that I haven't seen before. And, like, I need to make sure that I'm, like, my tip top. I'm wearing heels. I'm showing off. Like... I'm making sure that like I was dieting beforehand when like that's unhealthy. And then also I, the, right. the comments I get, and I'm sure you guys, get, you look so good. You look so skinny. Mm -hmm. You look so good. What's your secret? How often do you work out? You look skinny. Mm -hmm. It's like almost like it's a rite of passage with dinner. It's like just as biscuits and gravy have become the norm at Thanksgiving and Christmas trees are the center of Christmas commenting on one's body is like hundred percent yeah a family tradition yeah and I mean I can't even count the amount of times my mom has looked at me and other friends of mine that are smaller and have been like you look like you need a sandwich <laughs> like every time I see you I just want to feed you a sandwich and like yeah. I don't think people and obviously I you know I'm my family members who have said this I think have learned because I, I don't think they understand the impact of what they're saying and yeah. how what you're saying may sound like a compliment to you can actually come off as not only an offensive remark, but can be extremely triggering. That's the like, part. Mm -hmm. Commenting on anyone's body and saying, you look so beautiful, you're so small, could be reaffirming an eating disorder, yeah. which is like obviously counterintuitive to what any family member would want to do to someone. And I, I can't even remember the last time that a comment like that hasn't been said to me um and which is just so weird because obviously family loves each other but I think it happens it happens all the time yeah. and I think we just want to empower you guys as well as ourselves to like military not weaponize ourselves no, with right. like how we can deal with yeah. how we can deal with these things and go about them in a way that, like, isn't going to cause, like, family World War Three. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you know me or, yeah, an Arab, an Arab dinner can easily go oh, that way really quickly. It's, it's, it's constantly walking on eggshells. Like, you, let's say to you, like, you yeah. look so skinny and you're like, that's triggering. They'll be like, well, that's your own fucking fault and your own fucking trauma, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, okay, never mind. I don't know why I said anything. Yeah. I've definitely yeah, I, literally. I've definitely been met with what's a trigger like like yeah wait wait like, wait guys like, I, have family, trigger? I have family members be, being like that's not a real thing we talk to each other we talk to each other but you know <laughs> it's it's very much like what you guys are saying it's unfortunate because I think like it's indoctrination like 
we have to talk about it with with family members because they're ignorant to understanding the gravity of the co- the comments that like we make to each other about people's bodies have like you know i i pray to god she, she's comfortable with me discussing this but um you know i think i think it's important like so my mom specifically like she had cancer and she mm-hmm. has no thyroid so what that means in very short terms is she has no hormones regulating or she has no, no gland in her body regulating her hormones. Yeah. Right? And it makes me so sad to think that some of the last words that family members of ours have said to her before they've passed were things about her body. Because at family mm-hmm. gatherings, it's like what you do, right? Like, you know, and it sounds like this is similar in your households and POC households. I think just households over the holidays is to say like, you look so great. Or like, are you not doing anything to keep the weight off? When like people don't ever take into consideration how difficult that is for my mom and how she does eat clean and how she does work out. But like there are medical conditions, you know, like like there are medical conditions that um, hinder her ability to get fit like other people, right? So I think like something that Josie said that I very much agree with, how do we start like, you know, normalizing holding people accountable in our family? And it can be in a loving way, but how do we say like, hey, can you not talk to my kids about their body? Or hey, if you wanna compliment somebody here at the dinner table today, can we make it about something that has nothing to do with aesthetics? Um, Or turn it around on them and be like, well, well, if you want to talk about weight, why don't we talk about yours? <laughs> like, <laughs> no, no, you that's, know, that's that's the funny you said that, Josie, because like my it's so funny, like my mom and dad and I and like this is funny, like they're all comfortable with me saying this, but like we went out to dinner and I was like, we were eating, we were ordering drinks. My mom was like, I'll have a Negroni. <laughs> and I'm like, OK, I'm out. It's probably out for Prosecco in it, which is also like a double entendre. But uh, my dad was like, uh, could I get a Coke, please? Easy on the ice. And then I was like, oh, can I also get a Coke, please? Um, but with extra ice. And my dad looks at me and this is like literally in October. And he goes, are you sure you don't want a Diet Coke? And I look at him and I said, are you sure you don't want a fucking Diet Coke? I didn't say fucking, but he was like, that's fair. Do you know what? Yeah, that's fair. And I was like, good. And I think it's like, but that also takes courage. And that's a privilege to be able to like, kind of like give it back, which is also like in the Arab world, you never talk back to your parents. And like, also there's just respect, but also I, you're going to put me down. I'm going to say, well, okay, then you're coming down with me. Like you're going to come down. Oh, I think there's ways to do it in ways that will not cause a catastrophic bomb at the dinner table. And that's not an Arab joke. I say joke. that as, as someone who has caused many a bomb. Um, and I think, I think that we should totally normalize being like, actually that wasn't an appropriate comment. Yeah. And can we discuss something else or, why is my weight so important to you? I think is okay to say. I think there are ways to do it. Um, and I think even sometimes isolating yourself from the situation mm-hmm. yeah. and stepping Protect out for a piece. second, like, I think it's okay. I think you deserve that. But how do you guys talk to yourselves during this time? Like when you feel like that little voice inside your head is making you look at yourself differently or compare yourself subconsciously to other people, how do you guys like wrangle with those emotions and sort of talk yourself off a ledge. I'm not going to lie. Um, getting a little emotional. Um, for me, I think the the thing that holds me grounded is that, and my I talked to my sister, Katarina, before. 
beforehand um, with this conversation because we had like a very deep conversation prior to Thanksgiving this year and she's just recovered from a variety of eating disorders and um, we just had to sit in each other in the bathroom and like hold each other's hand and say like what we're looking at in the mirror that's our body dysmorphia that's literally a mental illness whether it's conditioned or it's a part of our chemistry we fucking have it and it doesn't matter we can't feel shame with eating and we have to tell each other that. Mm-hmm. And it's insane to like look at my little sister and I have to ask her, is it okay if I eat this biscuit? I've lit- I literally had to ask my little sister this year, I'm not gonna gain weight, right? And then she said to me, but why does it matter if you gain weight? And also what the fuck is a biscuit gonna do? And then later on she has a Coke and she's like, yes me and like tell me like, I didn't get bigger after drinking this Coke, right? No, you didn't. And it's having someone constantly there. And I, it's a privilege to have someone there in your corner in your family. It is a privilege. And I'm grateful that I have my little sister. But if you can find that person or in, within yourself and say th- what you're hearing externally or what your brain is telling you is a fucking lie. Mm-hmm. It's a leech. And society will tell you you're too big. Society will tell you you're too small. So your society will tell you you're too tall, too too short. No matter what, you're fucked. So do what you want to make you happy in that moment. Mm-hmm. And if someone puts you down, like Josie said, really, I like my bathroom was my safe space with my little sister. Yeah. So I think removing yourself. Okay, sorry for getting emotional. Don't um, apologize. Don't be sorry at much. all. We're really and, proud but, of you. But like, this is all to the little girls, little boys, little individuals who. Um, feel like no matter what they do, they're too big, too small, you're enough. That's yeah. the bottom line, is that you're enough and that you're beautiful. And no it, it, no matter what you do, you're going to be damned in someone's eyes so they can go fuck themselves, quite frankly, mm-hmm. in the kindest of terms. They can. Yeah. I also think normalizing that Christmas food, Hanukkah food, you know, Kwanzaa food, Ramadan, like no, no holiday food is bad for you. There is no such thing as holiday food being unhealthy or bad for you like food is food mm-hmm. and food is also fuel yeah and, like, we should destigmatize like our fear with like eating too much or you know eating the wrong food or the bad food because there's it's virtually impossible for you to ruin your entire bmi your entire body capacity and structure in one evening or a few evenings or a couple weeks of eating one way. Like, it's not going to break you down. It's not going to turn you into a completely different person, bigger or smaller. It's just food. And we should normalize eating it and, and, and lessen like this, this fear, because I think this type of food has been villainized as something that like, we should be afraid of or we should not go for seconds or, or thirds for yeah. that we shouldn't even touch. I think it's also really important to note that like our bodies are so uniquely different. Yeah. No person's body is like another person's. I, yeah. you know, like, for example, like me with my lupus, me with my RA, whatever it may be, like what I need and what's going to nourish me is going to look different. I may need more protein. Like what's your blood type and stuff? I just feel like, you know, I never want to be the word police. I never want to like be like, oh, we need to be more PC. But I think that there is a way that we need to have a radical sense of compassion when we're having conversations about like 
food with people that we just haven't been taught to have as a society, as no. a community. I don't think you sh- personally, or at least I'm going to speak for myself. I don't want to speak for other people. I personally will never look at somebody and go, oh, you look so skinny. Or oh, you look so great. How many times or, have I asked you, do I look skinny? And I, how many times and have ha- I asked And how you? do I look at you? I'm like, you look great. You're beautiful. Like, it's, you know, to answer the question from before, like, how do you speak to yourself? Because we all deal with insecurities. There are times where I feel like mm, I'm, a, I'm a little bit bigger than other actresses or, you know, I do have curves. I have a little panza, as we say in Spanish. Um, but I've learned to center myself when I think feelings like that get overwhelming and go, my body is my temple and I thank you for serving me each day. Oh, I'm thank yeah, you for, yeah, yeah. I'm thank Thank you, whatever you believe in, it doesn't have to be God, but thank you, Lord, for allowing me the ability to move my legs today, to move my arms, to go get coffee with my friend, like, and go, at the end of the day, in in my opinion, this is a sack of meat. This is an avatar. Not the avatar. Like, 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 like my soul and my spirit is in here. Here is Zoe Saldana. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Thank you so much. Please book me to play your daughter in um, Avatar 25. Pero, um, (laughs) like, when it all gets super overwhelming, because body image is a real thing. Let's not sit here and gaslight people. Like, it's a real thing. We all have our insecurities. It's hard. Um, you know, people talk about body image in ways they shouldn't. But for me, that's what's really helpful is for me to go, my my spirit and my soul. And we do that as friends. Yeah. I feel like we've had that conversation yeah. as friends. Like, when we talk about, like, moving forward, like, I remember distinctly a conversation that Alicia and I had with um two of our amazing friends, Allie and Noel, when we were in, I don't know where we were. I think we were in Santa Barbara and we were at a winery. And we all made the conscious decision we were like we let's all vow to never compliment each other in the form of skinny or thick yeah when it comes to our bodies again we were like let's change our vocabulary and change our compliments because I think you can't I mean you can speak up to your family you can tell them no you could kind of say something bad and get in a fight but you can start with your own world I agree and Mm-hmm. And assessing with your friend groups, like, how do we all speak to each other? And how do we all look at each other? Instead of like, oh, my God, you look so skinny in that dress. Like, that dress looks beautiful on you. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's little things like that that actually genuinely do make a difference. And it just changes our vernacular. And in our vernacular, will change our actions and how we subconsciously view ourselves. A hundred percent. And I think going forward, I think this was a perfect place to end of when you're listening to this, when you listen to this episode, Say five things that you're grateful for about yourself and truly mean it. Look in the mirror and say, thank you, stomach, for protecting my my intestines and my guts. Thank you. No, no, it's true. like little shit like that. Like, thank no, you. No, but you're right. No, like, thank you, eyes. I agree. Also, you and you could yeah. be lying to yourself. I lie to myself every day, but it's better, that, it's better to say it than not say it at all. Yeah. We're all on the road. It's all the climb. And I love my We love you. All. We love you. Hi, y'all. Come on in for another cafecito. Listen, if you are ride or dying for your man, you probably gonna die. Oh, let, let's just talk about it. I don't think that we discuss enough the chokehold that this false narrative of being a ride-or-die girl has on women. Like, why are we taught this false narrative that we need to stick beside a man regardless of what they do? Because men definitely don't have that sentiment towards us. 
Like, we grow up listening to music and watching movies that feed us this falsehood that loving a man is mutually exclusive with having to endure a ridiculous amount of pain and obstacles. And I'm over it. Look, it's different from deciding that you want to grow and overcome adversity with someone versus allowing for someone to treat you any which way and you staying. So I encourage you to kill that little ride or die girl that you have built up for yourself in your brain. Listen, it is not unloyal or fake to set boundaries and have standards. That's a great thing. And it's important to know that you need to leave when your energy isn't being reciprocated and you're not being cherished. But most importantly, love and cherish yourself enough to know that you deserve to be in spaces where you're empowered and celebrated. Your love don't need to be tested. This ain't no game. Okay, bye. You can leave now. I'm, I'm, I'm have a, do you have a sweet tooth or a savory tooth? I love breakfast you at any time. Tooth. Yeah, I have yeah. every tooth. You know me. I have, everyone knows though, I have a sweet tooth. Even in my worst days where I, 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 I always have dessert. Yeah, I, I the dessert. Alicia's a brunch girl. That is one thing about me that is true. Oh my gosh. That is a thing that Josie and I like violently disagree on. It's probably one of the only things that we feel that um, opposition about what, is brunch. Okay, so next day, can yum brunch? I guess she thinks it's the worst thing ever. I went to brunch with her at Beauty in Essex. It was. I don't think there's any reason to do brunch. See, I I, I would have paid to like see okay, her reaction. So next day, can yum, you guys. It's like just sleep in and go to lunch. I, I, I will be the it. judge, and we'll have an ikin yum on brunch. Yeah. Thank you for listening. But guys, thank you for listening. Please love yourself. Be kind to yourself during this time. Nourish yourself. Um, we love you. Happy holidays, y'all. Dare We Say is a Crooked Media production. Caroline Reston is our showrunner, producer, and mommy. And Ari Schwartz is our producer and show daddy. Fiona Pastana is our associate producer. And Sandy Gerard is the almighty executive producer. It's hosted and produced by me, Josie Toda. And me, Yasmin Hamadi. And me, Alicia Pascual Peña. Our engineer and editor is Jordan Cantor. And Brian Vasquez is our theme music composer. Our video producers are Mac DeGroote, Narm Melconian, and Dylan Villanueva, and Mia Kelman. Lastly, thank you to Jordan Silver, Gabriella Leverett, Jesse McLean, Caroline Haywood, Shayna Hortzman, Daisy Cruz, Danielle Jensen, and Awa Okalati for marketing the show and making us look so damn good.